And um, we, we started off talking about, amen, that one of the things that I told you is like the body, like the body can be damaged. The body has enemies. Your physical body has enemies. What enemies are those? Disease and accidents, right? I mean, you can... You can get an accident. You can get diseases. It can come upon you in a, in, a, in a moment, in a blink of an eye, right? And I told you, likewise, the church has enemies that can keep it from moving into the future. You, you follow what I'm saying? And so what happens in, in the life of a believer is that sometimes we don't know when these enemies will attack. I'm going somewhere. On Sunday, I was watching a show on ABC of a, uh, a cheetah and how the cheetah protects, amen, its children. Amen, amen. It's amazing to see that because um, at one point, the cheetah saw the lion, the king of the jungle. And, and it's the same thing with the Christian life. If you are not aware of the enemy, the Bible says that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. What the enemy does is he waits until you are at your most vulnerable moment or he waits and he watches you and he sees openings in your life. I'm going somewhere tonight. And what he does is he tries to come on in. And as I watched the cheetah, the cheetah was on this side of the field and her children, her, her little, little baby cheetahs was over here. And, and, and she saw the lion coming. Now, now watch this. What I found to be very interesting is that the cheetah moved out from around where her children were. She went in a different direction. But then she went head on to the lion. Now, here's, here's what's so powerful about this illustration. She knew she couldn't take the lion. Listen to me real good. She knew that if she went up against the lion, the lion would kill her. But here's what she understood about herself. I'm going somewhere with this. She understood that she was faster than the lion. And so therefore she engages the lion, went right up to the lion, and from the top, and the lion said, Oh man, what? You hold on a minute. I know she done lost her mind. I know she knows I'm stronger. But the thing about the lion, the lion is slower than the cheetah. And so the, the cheetah ran straight into the lion. And from the time she got to the lion, she cuts. And then causes the lion to chase her and she runs away from, come on somebody. She was willing to risk her life 
to protect her young ones. And that's the same thing with the church. That's the same thing, amen, that God does for us. That the same thing Jesus did for us on Calvary, he gave his life so that we, hallelujah, would be protected. He was willing to go head on with Satan. But it does not mean that just because, and what happened was, after a little while, after the lion started chasing her, she was way gone and the, the lion just tired out. He just tired out. But guess what? He didn't give up. And he came back around again. He may not have gotten him that day, but he keeps on trying. And that's what you and I have to remember is this, that even though we have warded off the, the enemy for a minute, you got to be careful because, watch this, he's going to show up again in a different form. And one of the ways I told you that he shows up, he shows up in ignorance. Amen. Void, voided of the right information. And I wanted to deal with this thing about, and I know I was here the last time we were here, uh, the, the other enemy I told you was not just, not just ignorance, but the other enemy was unbelief. And you wouldn't believe, but a lot of us battle with unbelief. We battle with unbelief because when things in our lives are not going the way that we wanted to go at times, we, for some reason, start, stop believing the way we used to believe. Come on, somebody. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen time and time again where people start off well, but then they get bit or they get caught by the enemy. Come on, somebody tonight. By the enemy of what? Enemy of unbelief. Go, go if you would, to, to open your Bibles to the book of... Amen. Genesis 17 for me. Go to, go to Genesis 17 and 17. Now, you've got to be careful. And there's a reason the Lord has me teaching on this unbelief thing. I taught on it on Sunday about the, the, the disciples. I, I really was saving that for this study, but I had to deal with it on Sunday. But, but, but here's the thing, G Genesis 17 and verse 17, what, what does it say there? All right, so now we've got to back up, okay? So let's back up for a minute and let's go to verse 15. will come from her. See, what God was saying is that inside of Abraham and Sarah was greatness. And you know, sometimes I don't see it. Sometimes you may not realize that inside of you there's greatness. Sometimes you may not feel that 
But here's the thing. What we have to learn to do is to appreciate or, or appreciate what God has already done in our lives and what God has already validated to us, amen, and what he has, watch this, and what he's trying to do in us. But oftentimes, because of the way things look, we stop believing in the greatness of God. Because watch this, watch this. She says, I will bless her indeed, and I will give you a son. I'll give you a son by her. Then I will bless her. Look, notice this. Notice this. There's one, two, three eyes in there. Who's, who is it? God. God says, I will bless her. Watch this. Watch this. And she shall be a mother of what? Nations. And watch this. Kings of peoples will come from her. But here they are at 99 years old, and it's looking like, God, are you serious? How can something like this happen now? When it looks like everything in your life is falling apart, that may be the right time for God to do the miracle. You know why? Because if God would have done it while you were healthy and strong and in your right mind, guess what? You wouldn't believe it was God. You see, and Abram and Sarai, now Sarah, right? God changed her name because God was getting ready to change her destiny. I wish I had somebody. You see, here's the thing. When you move into unbelief, you may forget that it was God that blessed you. And it was God who kept you. Remember, they had left Ur of the Chaldeans. They, they, have, they had left Haran. They, were, they camped between Bethel and Ai and Egypt before them. Then they went into Egypt for a period of time. We don't know. Some say it's about a year. Some say it's two years. Abram, uh, uh, Sarai is in, in captivity in the, cal- in the palace with amen. Right? Remember we did all that? But watch this. But now they're, now they're, they're at a place. Watch this. Sarah, who is 90 years old now. He's, she's what? She's 90 years old. The promise was made when she was about 60. Amen. And can you imagine waiting on God that long period of time? Can you imagine how, and listen, and, and can I just be honest? Anybody who's been waiting that long would, would fall into unbelief. I, I'm just saying. But, but the thing is, even though we say that's a common thing for a person to do, the problem becomes where you, start, you and I start forgetting who made the promise to you. See, listen, don't ever give up on what God has told you. Amen. It may not look like it's coming to pass right now. But if you keep living long enough and you keep trusting God, listen, unbelief can set in, but watch what he says. says, says but, but Abraham, verse 17, and Abraham what? Fell on his face and what did he do? He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Abraham really, I mean, listen, what else can you do 
Come on, somebody. When you've been waiting for God, you've been waiting to be blessed, you've been asking and you've been praying and it just seems, listen, don't give up on the promises of God. I said that on, on Good Friday, that if you're going to die well, you've got to trust God's promises. Trust his word. Watch this. Watch what he said. He fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart. Now notice where he, where he said it. See, Everything begins in the heart. Unbelief starts right here. See, you can be present today and not believe. Because unbelief starts in the heart. And oftentimes what happens to us, saints, is that when we are frustrated, when things are not going the way that we want it to go, we fall into this place of unbelief. Watch this. But it starts in the heart. The heart, the Bible says, is more, is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And the Bible says, God says, I, the Lord, knows the heart. He knows the heart. And watch this, watch this, watch this. It says, will, will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? What do we have here? We have an impossible situation. Listen, anybody would laugh at that. But see, his laughter turned into unbelief. His laughter was really unbelief. His laughter was, you know what, please. this Man, listen, I've been here. Amen. I'm old. Amen. I'm a hundred years old, Sarah's ninety. I mean, ain't nothing working, man. What are you talking about? Amen. And and and, and watch this. This is the part that really gets me. Look at verse. Look at verse. Um, verse sixteen again. Verse sixteen. You, you got to remember this. Here's what keeps you from unbelief, y'all. You have to keep repeating to yourself, God has promised me. He will deliver me. I'm telling you, y'all, let me tell you something. Sometimes it's really, really difficult when it just seems like it's never going to get better in your life, when it seems like things just keep going wrong, listen, you have to hold on to what God says. God says, I will bless her. And indeed, I will give you a son by her. Amen. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of what? Nations. Now, now you have to hold, I know I said it before, I had to say it again. Because, listen, sometimes we can have what I call stubborn unbelief. It's like you know the right things. You've heard God said, I promise. You validated, you went to church, you heard a word from the pastor, you heard a word from God, you read your Bible, you heard the promises, you believe it, but boy, it's just so hard to believe. Why is it so hard to believe? Anybody want to share with me tonight? 
that's a good point. You don't know if it's God said it or something. And, and so how do you rectify that? Well, what you have to do to validate it, you got to go into his word. God will validate it through his word. Amen. You're going to open that word and God is going to say, hey, I'm not a respecter of persons. I can save whoever I want to save. Listen, it may be that she comes all the way to her deathbed and at that very moment she confesses Christ as her Lord and Savior. You never know. But if you keep praying, first of all, here's the question. Why wouldn't God save her? You don't know that. So then therefore, because you don't know that, you have to continue to pray God's will and believe. See, here's, what, see, here's the thing. Watch this. Oh, man. When I wasn't saved... There's a lady that prayed for me, Sister Randall. She had my name in her Bible amongst other people that were praying for me. But she was praying, and she wrote out specifically, Lord, save Valencia's husband. Now, the way I looked, I didn't look chosen. <laughs> Matter of fact, you would sit back and say, no, nah, uh-uh, he ain't chosen. I don't think so. I, I, matter of fact, I don't even think God is going to choose that. See, see what I'm saying? But in God's time, but, but I believe, watch this. See, here's the thing. Could it be that the prayer is not being answered because you don't really believe? Because prayer... Amen. That does not accompany by that is not accompanied by faith can't do anything. The Bible's listen, I prayed with a lady today. Alright? I prayed with her. I said, Lord, touch her, touch her body right now, Lord. We're believing by faith, God, that you're gonna heal her right now, God. We're waiting now. She went to the doctor. See, this is the problem with us. We want to pray and then sit at home and don't do our part, right? So she prayed. I'm praying for her. Now, I'm not saying it's me, but we prayed together. And by the time I hung up the phone, about two minutes later, she calls me back and said, Pastor, the results came in negative, that I'm good. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Now, my question, the question I have in my mind is, what if we didn't pray? See, I don't leave things to chance. So, if I pray, and if, if the results would have came in negative, okay, or whatever, whatever, right, I, I would have accepted God's will but obviously, God wanted to show us that through prayer. Amen. Don't take it very lightly when you see that you prayed for something and it comes to pass. That's what you hold on to, the promise of God, right? To understand that I prayed before and it happened. Let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed for someone and see them get saved? Ha <laughs> ha. That's a good question, right? 
How many people do we have on our prayer list, Lord, save them? Has God saved any of them yet, or do we still, are we still praying for them? See, the problem is, the, the, the issue sometimes is that we give up praying because it's not happening when we want it. It's not about your timing, it's about God's timing. And go to verse, go to verse 17, and this passage proves that. God makes the promise to them at 70. Here he is at 100, and she's 90. 70, 80, 90. 30 years of waiting. What is God doing? God is, that's why he's called the father of faith. That's why he's called the father of faith. And I've shown you the cracks in his character. But yet, for this reason and this reason only, he was considered the father of faith, because guess what? Even though he laughed, he believed. How come we, yeah. Yeah, we give up, right, because, because it's not happening when we want it to happen. Things are not going the way we want to go because, and so as a result of that, we give up on God and we give up on prayer and we go into this, into this unbelief. Listen, our bodies are in church, but we don't believe. We just raise our hands. We're just, we just going through the motion. But if you were to really believe, oh, my gosh. You, you can't, you, if, listen, if you're going to pray about it, you got to believe it. But not only must you believe it, but while praying for it, you have to say, God, whatever your will is. See, that, there's the issue. Lord, not my will. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. What is Jesus doing? He's agonizing. He's about to die. But he says, you know what? I know you can, I know, I know, Lord, take this cup from me. But, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And, and a lot of us fall into unbelief because we want our will over God's will. Right? And God's will is always going to be different than yours. In the natural. There you go. There you go. You know, here's the thing. My mother prayed for me for years. I mean, I was like, why is she even praying for me? I mean, I used to hear a prayer. I was like, why are you even praying? What is this? <laughs> I'm telling you, I was a heathen, y'all. You, you, I was like, man, why? I used to make noise and stuff while she was praying. I was like, why are you praying for me? Don't pray for me. I don't think y'all hear me. I don't think y'all hear me. I don't think y'all hear me. I don't think you heard what I just said. 
But my mother never got to see this today. I don't think you hear me. But it is because of her prayer. I don't think you're hearing me. Even though my mom was a Hindu and she converted to Christianity at some point in her life, she understood one thing about prayer. And the deposits that she made, I got an aunt right now who has a son. He just turned 50 today. He's been an, a drug addict for, for 50, for 40 something years. But she's never given up on him. And she believes that one day God is going to touch his life and transform him. Oh, man. Oh, man. What kind of, you know, and all through Scripture when Jesus said, what kind of faith is this? I've seen no one like you that has this kind of faith. But may I say this to you, this enemy of unbelief. And that's why I've been here three weeks. Okay, every time I start it, something come up in our calendar, but I'm going to keep teaching it because it's something that we all need to learn, y'all, so that we can start getting some prayers answered. Come on, somebody. So that we can start seeing people delivered. I promise you, if you take the names of some people, put them on your prayer list, Put them in your Bible, and just every day when you open your Bible, because you're supposed to open your Bible every day, that, that's a good reason. Lord, would you save them? Lord, please, would you save them? Don't you have some aunts and uncles and cousins and nieces and grandchildren that you want to see saved? Some friends that you really want to see saved? So here's a test of your, watch this, of your faith. Now, now see, we're, we're not in this thing at times for the long haul. We're in it for the moment, and it's like everything else in America, what we want, we want it to happen when? Yeah. We, we, so, so what we'll do, we'll start a prayer visual. We'll start a prayer visual for a week. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll start a prayer visual for a month. Person commits suicide, we'll go out in school, we'll pray for them and with all this other stuff, and then about a week or a month later, we done forgot all about them. Come on, somebody. And they're hurting families and hurting people. The man, the man that took his life today, uh, the, the, the Facebook killer guy, okay, uh, he killed himself today, right? But here's the thing. Now watch this, okay? You know what that shows us? It shows us the depravity of man. That man is in a fallen condition, y'all. And the church has the answer. You know what Satan doesn't want? He doesn't want us to be encouraged. He wants us to take a turn. You know what he wants us to do? To become more about entertainment and encouragement rather than standing on the truth. I can sell you a bag of goods and you can believe it. Isn't that something? We'll call the line and get the cloth and get the oil and get all this stuff off of television believing in it. 
but it has no power, y'all. What else can cause us to move into unbelief? Okay, your your testimony. Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. And you know what? I'm glad glad you brought that up. Just I mean, I'm just saying there's so many pastors falling right now to sexual sin, having affairs with women in the church. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, I understand, I understand, listen, and I'm not being hard, I'm not judging anybody, but what I'm saying to you is this. When one person messes up, when you've taken this stage, it causes a ripple effect. And then I've watched these YouTube videos where these guys, these are like guys making commentaries on these pastors who have fallen. They're like, that's why I'll never set foot in the church. Because they, they, they said these pimp preachers. <laughs> I don't know if you've watched any of those types of videos, but it's on YouTube. And you have all these commentators who are unbelievers. And you believe some people are like, why, who, you're not even qualified to talk. But because of our actions as believers on the outside, our testimonies, amen, gives the world ammunition to shoot down, amen, the truth. So how we live in front of people makes a difference. Now, Abram should have believed. Am I right? But Abram was at a point where he's like, man, listen, I've been waiting. I, 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 I've been waiting and I've been waiting. Go, go to Numbers chapter 11 for me. And I've been waiting and I've been waiting. And sometimes it feels like that. But you know what we got to do while we're waiting, y'all? You know, this is something that I struggle with. For a long time, I struggle with the waiting can I be honest with you? I struggle with the waiting. But then when God gives me, watch this. Y'all ready for this? When God gives me an opportunity in my waiting, I always prove I'm not ready. Write that down somewhere. Write it down somewhere. Write it down somewhere. I'm waiting and I'm waiting, right? And for the moment he gives me an opportunity in my waiting, I prove I'm still prideful. Come on, somebody. I prove I can't be trusted. So, so, so what God then tells me, you see why I got you waiting? <laughs> you see why you got to wait? You have to wait because, watch this, what you think you're ready for, you ain't ready for it. Isn't that something? You ever felt that way? You thought you were ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all ain't trying. Y'all ain't trying here. But what happened? What happened? You've proven that when given an opportunity to do what you think you were ready to do, watch this, 
you fail. And listen, and you fail so badly, right? You're, you're embarrassed. <laughs> so, so the natural thing to do is to get an attitude and move into unbelief. Well, I didn't believe anyways. Oh, man. Oh, man. Numbers chapter 11 is about people complaining. That's what it's all about. Numbers chapter 11 is about the people of Israel who God had brought out of Egypt. And now they have hit a difficulty. It, listen, listen. May I say this to you? The mountaintop experience doesn't last for long, y'all. But you know how many people get religion at the mountaintop? Oh, I just said something. You know how many people get spiritual at the mountaintop? It's easy to get spiritual at the mountaintop. But baby, when you start sliding down into that valley, the question is, is your faith the same? I thank God for the testing period of my life. I thank God for the training program he has me in. Because when it's all said and done, not only will I reach maturity, but eventually I'll reach to the state of glorification where I can glorify him. Amen. This life is not about the things we accumulate. But listen, if you can, if you can uh, develop a godly character... And mature as a believer, listen, you have more than the world will ever have. Jesus laughed and he says, God, thank you that you hidden the, these things from the wise. And you, and you revealed it to fools. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You know what Jesus was saying? Jesus said, thank you, Lord, that you took a fool like me. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about me now. I'm thanking him that he took a fool like me who didn't even want to hear his mama pray. What kind of fool wouldn't even want his mama to pray for him? I'm just trying to help you with something. <laughs> if somebody's praying for you, wouldn't you be happy about that? But God took a fool and put his word in him. And reveal some things to him. Listen, I don't take this for granted, y'all. I do not take my walk for granted. And listen, and sometimes I don't understand it. But listen, I still believe. I still believe. I'm still believing. Because here's the thing. Satan wants me not to believe anymore. And here's what happens when you stop believing. You know what what starts happening? You go from the middle seat to the next seat in the back there and the next seat, and before you know it, you're sitting in the back. And from the time you start, when you start sitting in the back, you're on your way out. That's when unbelief creeps in, and it comes in in such a way so subtle. Watch this. Numbers, you know, God told Moses, listen, People are complaining. I'm going to give you 70 elders who's going to carry the burdens with you. Right? And then we get to Numbers 11 and verse 21. God told him, 
I'm going to take care of these people. Look at verse 19. You shall eat not one day, not two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out your what? Nostril. See, these people had so much unbelief in them. They only believed while things were... Man, if this is not plain, don't be that kind of person, y'all. When you're in the valley, remember this. The valley experiences is an opportunity for you to draw closer to him. The valley experiences is about a relationship that you are developing with your Lord. I can prove it to you. Even though I walk the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. What does that mean, y'all? Can I ask you something? Do you look for opportunities in the valley or do you just look for opportunities at the mountaintops? Because in the valley, you get to develop a relationship with God. In the valley, he can get your attention because you're not distracted by all of the stuff that's on the mountaintop. But can I ask you a question? The valley was never meant to be a place of permanent residence. It was never meant to be a place where you stay for long periods of time. He says, even though I walk through the valley, through the valley, but some of us have purchased real estate in the valley. Some of us are camped in the valley because unbelief. You can't, you know what it was? You're shocked. You're in shock. When you're in shock, you laugh. When you're in shock, you say, I can't believe this is happening to me. <laughs> I, I just can't, no, not me. I, I'm better than this. Why, why am I even here? Listen, you thought you were un. Yes. Sunday, join me Sunday in this message. I'm preaching Sunday. But I want to tell you something. Moses had to deal with these complaining people. But watch Moses' conversation with God. Watch what he says. God says, because they tripped out, they're going to eat this food till it come out their nose. But watch this. These people experience that. Now watch this. It says, because you've rejected the Lord, why, why is food? See, this is what I'm saying to you. They wanted so much comfort. They got tired of eating manna. 
They got tired of, you know, you know, you know some people get tired of small churches. Ah. Uh, they want to go to a church where it's popping. I don't even know if they use that word anymore. Where, where it's lit. <laughs> right? It's lit. They, 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 they want to go to churches where they can be, whoo. They get tired of it. Small churches that's teaching the truth. Because, watch this, when you're in a smaller church, I'm not saying all big churches, okay? But when you're in a smaller church, you, you get the, the care and you get the word that you need to live this Christian life. But here's the thing about being a small church. It takes time. Just like the children of God, it took time. They, they were eating the same thing, but they started complaining. Watch the text. Watch the text. Because they have what? They have rejected what? Verse, verse, uh, verse 20. Because they have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? Are you really asking that question? See, these people had forgotten about their valley experience. They had been in Egypt for 430 years. They were slaves in a land that was not theirs. Matter of fact, they went in there as free men, 70 of them, and they grew and multiplied to millions. And now God has taken them out of their valley experiences, but because they're eating manna and quail every day, they start complaining. And then they ask the question, why did he even take us out of here? Why, why you asked? Watch this. But Moses said to the whom among whom I am are 600,000 on foot, and yet you have said I will give them meat so that they may eat for a whole month. Should flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them, or should all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to be sufficient for them? Now, what is Moses doing? No. Moses start believing it was his responsibility to feed them. You know why? Because he didn't believe in the promise anymore. He didn't believe what God had said. God said, I will feed them. But Moses is in the natural thinking, man, where am I going to get all this food from? There's 600,000 people. That's just men. How am I going to feed them? See, what I'm trying to show you about unbelief is that God will place you oh, in a situation that's bigger than you. And then he's going to call you to say, come on, I need you to take care of business. And you're sitting there saying, you say, now how am I going to do this? Have you ever had to do, ever, have you ever had to, have you ever been in a situation like that? Where you ask yourself, how am I going to do this? See, that's what the problem is. You want to do it. Look what God said to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, read it for me. 
The Lord said to Moses, is what? Stop right there. Stop right there. That's the, that's the verse that I've read for months. But the question I have for you tonight. Here's the question I have for you tonight. Is the Lord's power limited? Are we so stuck in unbelief that we think for some reason God can't save your granddaughter? Is he that limited? Oh, well, we don't know if she's chosen. That's God's business. Is his power limited? The, the problem is we are selfish because we want to see it. <laughs> but remember, God does not force his will on anybody. So therefore, the question is, is God's power limited tonight? Moses is asking the question, Lord, how many? Moses went on a tantrum. Look, look at this. He said, man, there's 600,000 people on foot. Yet you've said I will give them meat so that they may eat for a whole month. Uh, do I have to slaughter? Listen, should the flocks and the herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them? Or should all the fish, all, now notice now he's in real panic mode. Look what he said. Look what he says, y'all. Look what he says. He says, verse 22, or should, now notice what he said, should all the fish, now is he being sarcastic? Is he being unbelieving? He's trying to figure out, listen, if God said it, then you got to say, okay, I know what you're talking about. Because, you, you know, it's, sometimes you're like, is this God or is this me? But can I tell you something about what it is with God? Oh, man. Can I tell you how you'll know it's God? Because it will look impossible for you. And if you go on what people think about you, you quit. If you go by what people are saying, what you cannot do, or what they think God, who are you to tell me what God has called me to do? Oh, somebody ought to say amen with me tonight. You're not God. And behind your comment is a motive. Come on, somebody. And so when, when you want, if you want to, if you want to see whether it's God, look at how impossible it is. Notice, notice Moses' conversation. Oh man, this is so rich. Man, this is rich. Or should all the fish of the sea be gathered now? Let me ask a question. Let's, 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 let's exegete that for a minute. Moses, what kind of boat you got? How many nets you got? 
As a matter of fact, you're in the middle of the the wilderness. Now, I'm just asking Moses, now, are you really saying that you're going to, I'm going to get all the fish, you say all the fish of the sea? He's thinking, look what he's thinking. He's thinking, man, God said, listen, here's the thing. When God reveals something to you, you have to, watch this, you have to spend time in prayer. Watch this. Asking God for better understanding so that you can, watch this, you can start living on that path that he wants you on. But here's how you know for sure it's of God. It looks possible. God can block things, but you're going to mess up. Y'all follow what I'm saying? He can stop things from happening if you are in tune with him. If you keep trying to open these doors that he says, man, listen, that ain't the door. But you steady, you prying them doors. You, man, you go out and you get you some. You go out and get you a crowbar. You, you in there. You're trying to break the lock. And God said, that ain't, that ain't what I want for you. But then we're stuck with this. Lord, how long? How long do I have to wait? How long do I have to keep wondering? Keep thinking like when? You know what? Gosh, man. I I think... I like to struggle. I do. Because I think if I stop struggling, I'm going to get bored. So God has to keep me in a place right now where I have to struggle. So I won't stop believing. Because prosperity can cause you to say, In my prosperity, I shall not be moved. You've made me secure as a mountain. But then you hid your face from me. And I was dismayed. God, whatever you're doing in this season of preparation, thank you. Because as I get older, I'm going to get stronger and I'm going to get wiser and I'm going to be able to trust you even more. Thank you for the struggle. These people should have been rejoicing, but they were complaining. They got Moses frustrated to the point where he's like, well, what am I going to do? feed all these people. 
going to be going to see? Now, 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 that's an attitude right there. He got an attitude right there. You want me to go? I'll go and see and get all these little loose. I will give them all this meat. <laughs> Should I slaughter all the right, 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 right. Verse 23. The Lord said to Moses, Moses, chill out. Is the Lord's power limited? But why, you, why aren't you not seeing it? Oh, it's my unbelief. Because I think I got to go out here and get the meat and make the bread and feed them. When God says, is my power limited? Watch this. Now you shall see whether my word will come what? Will come true for who? For you or not. Now there's a point right here. You got to go to his word because the only thing that God is truly obligated to do is nothing. (laughs) But He will keep his word. You said in your word, Lord, you you desire none shall perish. Oh, yeah, you said that, Lord. You said, God, that yes, you have elected some and some vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Lord, I'm just going to believe. Now, Lord, would you let me see your word come true? Oh, yes. That's what I'm waiting on. For. What? Listen, that's what I'm waiting on. Lord, let me see this come to pass. Let me not fall for the enemy of unbelief, but here's the deeper part. Help me not to fall for the enemy of ignorance that I lived my whole Christian life and I was never taught the word. You are in a word church. And if you don't know the word, it's your fault. You have to take responsibility for that because the word is taught every week. How can you sit back and say, Lord, let me see your word come true when I don't even know where to go look? Pull up Hosea 4 for me. Listen to the word of the Lord. Hosea, somebody read it for me. Against who? Right. Go ahead. There's no what? Mm. 
Keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 4. And let no one offer reproof, for your people are like those who contend with the priests. So you will stumble by day, and the prophet also will stumble with you by night, and I will destroy your mother. Verse 6. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. My people are destroyed. How can I know what God promises? How can I see his word come true if my people, what, are destroyed for a lack? If you you can say in this church tonight, I will stand guilty before God, okay, that you don't have any knowledge of this. that I'm not doing my job. But that's not the case. This is a word church. Two things we're strong at in this church. The word and prayer. Two things. We still got some work to do, you know. (laughs) But watch this. Because you have rejected what? Knowledge. I will what? I will what? Reject you from being my priest since you have forgotten the law of God. I will also forget your children. See, the enemy of ignorance and the enemy of, of unbelief works together. And what you and I have to learn to do is that when we see it creeping in, listen, if you don't pick this up every day, well, you're going to stay right where you are. You're not going to make any forward moves. You're going to stay stagnated because it's the word that pushes you ahead. But God is saying something to us today. Go back to go back to Moses real quick. Numbers 11 20, 22. This is all I want to ask you tonight. Huh? I'm just asking you, right? So listen, so so a lot of us are saying, "Oh, it's not happening for me." Oh, this is a The question I have for you tonight is God's power limited? How do you know? How do you know his power is not limited? Because you stood by and watched his word come true. Listen, be very careful 
The Bible says, be very careful that there be not found in you an unbelieving, stubborn heart. Did you see, did you see, did you go to Mark 16? Go to verse 14. Now, this is after the resurrection now. And afterwards, you appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table and he reproached them for their what? Unbelief and watch this. And what? And hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. Aaliyah, come here for a minute. I want to show you something. So when you were going through your little episode about a week ago, you said to me that you opened the word of God and tried to read the word. So share with us what that felt like. I, I want This is a good illustration of what, what I'm trying to illustrate tonight. Okay. So um, I was going You ain't got to tell all the details. Just okay. So um, when I, whenever I tried to, you now I was feeling some type of way and feelings all over the place, um, I was like, okay, let me read my word. And whenever, like, I went in the word and I tried to read it, it was like I was just looking at it like it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't understand it. And so I really couldn't, I really wasn't getting helped or encouraged by the word because I wasn't, I didn't understand it. Yeah, my heart. <laughs> so your heart was gone. And that's what happens to some of us. Like we, we try to do the right thing. But when that unbelieving hardened heart sets in, guess what? You're reading and you can't see anything. Amen? Give God a hand clap of praise.